Greetings and welcome to another episode of From John to Justin. I'm not going to do my usual spiel that I say at the beginning of most episodes. I'm going to be talking a bit about something a bit more personal, and it relates to my puppy, Boris. Over the past month, I've noticed that his breathing has become a bit different. It's raspy, he's a bit out of breath more, and he tends to hack up his food a bit more while eating. So I took him to the vet and I found that he has a uh, condition called laryngeal paralysis, which is the first stage of a neurological disease that's similar to ALS in humans. But thankfully, that's slow moving and it's not really a concern until well down the road. But what is a concern now is the paralysis. And this is caused when abductor muscles in the larynx are not working properly and they're not expanding and opening for a deep breath. And so it's not a horrible condition initially, but... It does mean that generally he would have one to three years left. Um, Or in some cases, in more extreme cases, dogs only have a few months. So I'm looking to raise some money for his surgery. Uh, It costs $5,000, which is not cheap and well beyond what I can afford. So I've organized a GoFundMe. You don't have to, to donate. If you can even just share it, I would appreciate it. I just would like to get a few extra years with my dog. A bit of cool news. My other podcast, Canadian History X, is up for a Canada Podcasting Award in the category of Society and Culture. So to vote, you need to be a podcaster. So if you are a podcaster and you enjoy my shows, I would truly appreciate it if you could give me a vote. The link to vote will be in my show notes. And thanks again. In the list of Canadian-born Governors-General, the first three were well-known throughout Canada. Vincent Massey, Georges Vanier, and Roland Michener had all prominent careers prior to taking office. When the very popular Michener left office in 1974, a new man took over who, despite having a long career as a diplomat, was relatively unknown to much of Canada, Jules Leger. Leger would not have an easy time as Governor-General, and he would bring about changes to the position that have lasted to this day. Leger was born in Quebec on April 4, 1913 to a devoutly religious family. In fact, his brother Paul-Emile would become a cardinal in the Roman Catholic Church and the Archbishop of Montreal from 1950 to 1967. Leger would describe his hometown as a place where everyone, quote, lived and worked together as good neighbors, end quote. After high school was finished, Leger would attend the College de Valleyfield and then the Université de Montréal, where he earned a law degree. Afterwards, he was given $100 by his father and a train ticket, and Leger decided to travel throughout the country, staying with families, getting meals where he could, and often living off sandwiches. By the time he returned home, he had 30 cents left. Traveling to Paris to complete his schooling, he would earn a doctorate in 1938. That same year he earned his doctorate, he married Gabrielle Carmel. They had met in Paris, and together they would have two children. The couple came back to Canada soon after their marriage, and Leger began to work as an associate editor. He would win the Ottawa Press Club Best Story of the Year for his article on the visit of the royal couple in 1939, specifically on their visit to Confederation Square. It was the first time a French reporter had won the award. In 1939, he took over the role as Professor of Diplomatic History at the University of Ottawa. 
While working at the university, he would also join the Department of External Affairs and worked in the office of Prime Minister William Lyon Mackenzie King. From 1943 to 1947, he would then serve as Canada's ambassador to Chile. The Ottawa Journal wrote, quote, Jules Leger, former secretary to Prime Minister King, Mrs. Leger and their children are at Essex House, New York, before going to Santiago, Chile, where Leger will be secretary of the Canadian legation, end quote. In 1949, he became the executive assistant to Prime Minister Louis Saint Laurent, and four years later, he was the ambassador to Mexico, becoming the youngest Canadian to hold the post. In 1954, he was then made the Undersecretary of State for External Affairs. Leger greatly enjoyed being a diplomat. He would later say that the career gave him, quote, a sense both of the relativity of the facts and the universality of man, end quote. On September 25, 1958, he was made the ambassador to the North Atlantic Council, serving until July 5, 1967. On November 4, 1958, he represented Canada at the coronation of Pope John XXIII. From 1962 to 1964, Leger was the ambassador to Italy, and from 1964 to 1968, the ambassador to France. Leger would say in 1965 that the time in Paris as an ambassador was the happiest of his life, that statement came in a CBC 2020 documentary called Diary of a Diplomat, which followed Leger as he discussed the day-to-day -day business as an ambassador. Thirty years ago, I was in Paris as a student. And here I am, back in Paris, as the Canadian ambassador. I recall how warm Paris had been to me when I arrived here fresh from the University of Montreal. And I recall just a few months ago when I arrived here the warmth of the reception I was given as ambassador. In between, however, there is one event that has marked the lives of all those belonging to my generation, and that is the war. I think that it has marked us very profoundly, as much by those who have never come back, as by those who came back and became colleagues. We must be careful, however, that we be not those that live in the past. In my profession, I am surrounded by younger people, third secretaries and second secretaries, and first secretaries, who remind me that today is the day, and not yesterday. I was a third secretary too, and a second, and the first. In Chile, in London, in Mexico, and then in Rome, and twice in Paris. I still have a few years to go, but possibly in this city of Paris, happier than anywhere else, because to come back to where we started, this is where I was a student. And in this respect, I can 
say that there are many ways to live in a city and to see a city. The two different ones being a student who can't afford a taxi and therefore is on the street all the time. And the ambassador who can't afford walking because he is provided with a car and driver. And believe me, a city is very different depending on whether you walk on a sidewalk or are in a car. So I try to walk as much as possible to remind me of my student days and the human contacts that can be created merely by being close to people. In his role as ambassador, he would also take part in the anniversary ceremonies at Dieppe where so many Canadian soldiers were killed or captured. As ambassador to France, he would also speak on the subject of Quebec separatism. He would say, quote, We should not underestimate the gravity of this crisis. Only with courage and a lot of understanding we will we be able to settle it. Both English-speaking and French-speaking men of goodwill at federal and provincial levels are tackling it. The Confederation is searching for its soul before reshaping itself. End quote. In 1968, Leger came back to Canada and was made the Undersecretary of State to help develop the new bilingualism and multiculturalism policies being put forward by Prime Minister Lester B. Pearson and then Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau. The year 1968 also came with tragedy as his daughter Francine committed suicide at the Canadian Embassy. In 1972, Leger left the position to become the Ambassador to Belgium, serving until 1974 as he returned to Canada to become the Governor-General. He was officially sworn in to succeed Missioner on October 5, 1973. Leger would say on being chosen, quote, I know it is not an easy one, but I know that myself and my wife can rely on the understanding of all Canadians from all walks of life, end quote. John Diefenbaker, who had known Leger for some time, would state, quote, I was greatly impressed by him, his knowledge and courtesy, his wife Gabby will be a great chatelaine at the government house. Stephen Baker had actually met Leger while on his honeymoon with his wife Olive in the early 1950s. They visited the country and met with Leger at the Canadian Embassy. Stephen Baker would say years later, quote, We were greeted with the kindest consideration. There was no sign of annoyance from our hosts. His appointment is ideal. He has an unusual courtesy. End quote. Like his predecessor and missioner, Leger ensured he stayed fit. An associate would say that rain or shine or snow, he had never taken a car to the office, always choosing to walk. The day before he was sworn in, he and his wife took a stroll through the snow-covered streets of Ottawa as reporters followed them. The Ottawa citizen wrote, quote, Tall, lean, grey-clad, Jules Leger looked for all the world like a professor on a field trip with a gaggle of students in parkas and mufflers. Mrs. Leger, hatless, wore a Canadian beaver coat with a Danish fox trim. End quote. He was then sworn into office on January 14, 1974. Upon being sworn in, he would say, quote, A process of change is underway. New values are emerging that already have made themselves felt here, particularly among the young. For it is at once our strength and our weakness that Canada is a crossroads, her people open to influence from any direction. End quote. Leger came to the post as Canada was beginning a tumultuous time in the 1970s after the 1960s when so much changed in the country. Leger would say of Canada as it moved through the 1970s, quote, 
We find ourselves in another age whose contours we cannot fully perceive. Our Western civilization is floundering, exhausted, because of a number of paralyzing contradictions. Insecurity amid plenty, poverty amid wealth, a traditional morality that is being shaken and replaced by a yearning for primitive purity, acts of violence by some who shun violence, space-age communications at a time when major political groupings are tending more and more towards regionalism." Soon after moving into Rideau Hall, he had all signs of the grounds made bilingual, and he instructed that all RCMP guards on the property had to be bilingual. Many felt there was a great deal of promise in the start of the Governor-Generalship of Leger. From tobogganing with Princess Anne to getting mad at newspapers over covering of depressing events, he was very popular as Governor-General. Then, tragedy would strike. Six months after he was sworn in, just as he was about to receive an honorary degree from the Université de Sherbrooke, he suffered a serious stroke on June 8, 1974. The stroke was serious enough that he was given last rites the evening of the stroke. Soon after, his condition began to stabilize, though, and he would slowly improve. A statement would be issued and would say, quote, While the ultimate severity of Mr. Leger's illness cannot be predicted, his condition has remained stable since his admission, end quote. By June 25th, his condition had improved, and he had returned home after several weeks at the hospital. The stroke left him with impeded speech and paralyzed right arm. He would also have to relearn French and English. By November, though, he was ready to resume his duties. For many, Leger became an inspiration. He would take speech therapy daily, and he would help prove that people could come back from a terrible event. He would say, quote, Life for us is more difficult, but it is still full of wonders. End quote. He would say in 1975 during his New Year message, quote, These long months have brought me close to those who suffer. I wish them well on their way to recovery. They should not despair. End quote. By 1976, he was back working nine-hour days, but he was not able to do as much in public as he had hoped. In regards to the New Year's levy, he removed the restriction that prevented women from attending, and he also replaced portraits of governors-general from the past with paintings by Canadian artists in Rideau Hall. For the remainder of his time as governor-general, his wife would help him on many occasions, including reading parts of the speech from the throne in 1976 and 1978. Due to the help she provided Leger in his position following the stroke, Leger's official portrait as Governor-General was the first to include the Vice-Regal Consort. Many agreed that without his wife, he would never have continued on as Governor-General. In 1974, fire tore through the official residence of the Governor-General in Quebec, destroying several rooms, and Madame Leger would be heavily involved in its restoration. And despite the stroke and its impact on him, he would continue to travel throughout Canada to meet Canadians. This was a time when Canadian unity was under threat due to the rise of the Parti Québécois in Quebec. He would say, quote, I think that if one can further Canadianize a position, that is what I should like to do, end quote. Of course, his support of federalism did not win him many fans in Quebec. During a 1977 concert at the National Arts Centre, he and his wife were booed as they entered the building. During his time as Governor-General, Leger always tried to modernize the position. He would choose not to wear the traditional court dress of the Windsor uniform, instead wearing a mourning dress at state functions. This was both praised and criticized by the side that liked modernization and those who felt it was disrespectful. 
1978, he became the first governor general to accredit diplomats to Canada and to sign treaties on behalf of the Queen as well. One Sunday, guests were invited to Government House to watch Duck Soup, a Marx Brothers film. The guests were treated to seeing Leger overcome with laughter at one of his favorite movies. Some of his critics did question why he remained in the post after a stroke. But for Leger, he was focused on the person and institution he represented and he respected the position. He would write Queen Elizabeth II once per month to help keep her apprised of what was going on in Canada. On October 11, 1978, Leger made it clear that he was giving his last speech from the throne. He would say, quote, As the end of my term of office approaches, my wife and I would like to thank parliamentarians and the people of Canada for the respect and affection which they've extended to us on countless occasions over the years. End quote. Leger's time as Governor General officially came to an end on January 22, 1979. Pierre Trudeau would call Leger the wise old owl of Rideau Hall. The Times columnist would say of his time as Governor General, quote, Jules Leger's health prevented him from doing it as fully as the others in the ways that had become conventional, but it did not prevent him from doing it in different ways. End quote. He would say of his wife, quote, Madame Leger brought vigor, charm, wit, and genuine friendliness to her role at Government House, a role that her husband's misfortunes with health made more important than that of other wives of Governor Generals. End quote. After leaving the role of Governor General, Leger wrote a book, The Unfinished Tapestry, which was a recollection of his period as Governor General. His life after leaving the role of Governor General would unfortunately be short. On November 18, 1980, he would suffer a stroke and be moved into intensive care. He would be out of intensive care a few days later and described as stable but in serious condition. He remained in a coma and then on November 22, 1980, Leger passed away. His wife would be at his bedside when he died. Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau would say, quote, I met Jules Leger and his wife Gabby after the war in London when they were posted there. I was a student, and from then on, he always did for me what he did for many other young people. He helped them be better Canadians. End quote. Trudeau would add that Leger served all of Canada without ever forgetting his roots as a French Canadian. Queen Elizabeth II stated, quote, Jules Leger was the most distinguished governor general who won the admiration of people by continuing as Governor-General after a severe illness and his long and faithful service to Canada will always be remembered. End quote. Opposition leader Joe Clark praised Leger's quote, devotion to duty and his generosity of spirit. His service to Canada bespoke a special understanding of our country and its people. End quote. The new Governor-General, Edward Schreyer, would say, quote, would say that he had known Leger for a long time and was deeply saddened by his death. Unlike the funerals of Vanier and Massey, Leger's funeral was small, with no television cameras. This was at the request of the family. His body would lie in state in the east block of the Parliament building. Archbishop Joseph Ariel Poud stated, quote, Everyone here is a friend of the deceased. End quote. I will end this episode with what Albert Ritchie said of his former employer at Government House in London in 1948. He said, quote, There are two qualities most marked in this man, his wisdom and his humanity. There are not too many people I would say are wise, and I would say it of Jules. End quote. I hope you enjoyed that episode of my look at Jules Leger. If you did, please leave a rating and review. If you like, you can email me at craig at canadaehx.com. 
You can find me on Twitter. My handle is Craig Baird, C-R-A-I-G-B-A-I-R-D, and I'm on Instagram at Bairdo37. As well, again, if you want to support the podcast, you can for as little as $3 a month. Just go to patreon.com slash CanadaEHX. And you can donate to the podcast by going to CanadaEHX.com and clicking donate. And I also want to thank all of my wonderful patrons. And I apologize if I get any names incorrect. Sarah White, Tom McMillan, Mike Sullivan, Wendy Mills, Keelan Pringnitz, Michael Matthews, Joanna Parker, Jeff Dahl, Vobs, Robert Page, Richard T., Colin Johnson, Jeff Hershey, Kyle Murray, Steve Pakin, Matthew Gartho, Lionel Romaine, Dr. Bob Turner, Randy Hayden, Doug Campbell, Reg W., Deborah Carlson, Francis Helbling, Nixon Ree, Shannon Marshall, Clinton Martinez, Dimitri Chauve, Aaron O'Hara Myers, Robert Dunseith, Todd Casey, Catherine Roy, Luke S., J.P. Bear, Jason Hall, Phil Maynard, and Iris Gray. Information from Canadian Encyclopedia, Governor General of Canada, McLean's Library and Archives Canada, Wikipedia, Ottawa Journal, Ottawa Citizen, Eminent Journal, Windsor Star, Red Deer Advocate in the Vancouver Province. Thanks, and we'll see you again next time. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.